welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts... Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. Julie and I are going to finish the series we started yesterday, and that series is on the Open House series. Julie, you're going to need to call back in. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be finally getting into the weeds. We shared a little bit of the ideas and the concepts that we have developed over the years for Killer Open Houses with you on yesterday's show and the day before that show. So if you do not have the notes from those shows, just go back and listen. The easiest way for you to um, do that is just go to iTunes, or if you're on an Android device, A, you're a weirdo, but B, um, you can still listen to past shows. (laughs) Just go to Stitcher. And you can listen there. Um, and then also, you can, the easy button really is just to go to timandjulieharris.com. And then on the upper, like where the icon is on the website, just go to the upper uh, left-hand section. And you can click the uh, podcast button, and then you can go back and listen to all the past podcasts. And our, I think we have 2,000 shows on, the po- on our uh, website and on iTunes, something like that. So do, you know, a lot of people, hey, Julie, you there? Yes, you are? Hey, I think so. Good. Yes. Okay. Put the mic really close, Okay. Um, so, guys, we are in the process of moving over our studio. And just FYI, we're hoping – I've been saying this for a year. I feel like a lame saying this again. But we're hoping to start live streaming the podcast every single day um, on uh, you know all the normal – your favorite live streaming widget. Maybe it's YouTube. Maybe it's Facebook. So we're going to start live streaming every day. And we're, that means you're going to see – Julie and I, as we're doing the podcast, and the other thing that we're looking forward to doing, and this actually is something I'm excited about, is we're going to extend the format of the podcast, so not only can we provide content for you guys like we are today, you know, something that's specifically actionable that gets you guys into a position of making money and helping people, but the other thing is that we get to start talking about some of the sort of in-the-news real estate topics, which we only just sort of touch upon during the podcast for lack of time. But in the new format, we're looking forward to really deep diving into some of these, you know, new up-and-coming, you know, fresh faces of the technology real estate world, things like that. And, um, yeah, we're going to point out some of the just, you know, some of the ones that are good, some of the ones that are bad, some of the things that maybe you should be worried about, most of which, frankly, you won't have to worry about because, you know, most of these ideas are just rehashes of previous ideas that didn't work in the first place and, you know, but if you're new in the business, if you haven't been in the industry for all your life like Julie and I have, then you're not going to really have a basis of comparison, and you might end up, frankly, believing that you know uh, uh, AI is going to replace you. You're going to be replaced by some bot on some widget, on some app. All of a sudden, people are going to be walking around talking to their phones, and that's going to replace you. Silly ass bullshit like that is what we're going to definitely rally against. Um, because here's the thing that's fascinating to me. I, you guys have to be wise enough to realize that when you are feeling inundated with all these things, technology ideas, things like that, the one thing that all these technology companies cannot replace and all these virtual discounted brokers cannot replace and any kind of like anything that agents perceive to be a threat, 
The only agents that really are threatened are the agents that frankly don't have the skill set to be in the business anyway. And so they're threatened by the change, the slightest change in wind direction, the slightest change in the weather. And they're threatened because they know that they're walking on thin ice in their business as it is. And I'm talking about agents. Oh, I'm about to touch a sacred cow of real estate. Those of you who are solely dependent on centers of influence and past clients, you have a right to feel threatened by the technologists that are coming around the pipe. Because guess what? For example, Gary Keller's uh, uh, app is going to largely make it so that your center of influence and past client-based business is going to be under threat, assuming that concept that he has uh, takes hold, which it probably will, especially amongst those agents that are in Keller Williams. But I'm going to give you another flip side to it. Look at all these iBuyer. Oh, everybody was talking about iBuyer. We were talking about iBuyer a couple years ago. We created, and it's on our website, we created a white paper on how agents and brokers can compete against iBuyers. Now, guess what happened? What we said in that white paper, and you can go and read it, it's on timandjulieharris.com, is exactly what they're doing to compete against iBuyer. Now, did they get the white paper and did they read it and are they copying what Julie and I had formulated as far as a counterattack against iBuyers? Maybe, but the honest answer is it was so obvious that the only, you know, the easy way to compete against iBuyers was do what they do because there's no way that, for example, the iBuyer companies are going to be able to compete with, say, for example, you know, the 16,000 or the 18,000 EXP agents, for example. So if all the EXP agents or all the Keller Williams agents or all the Coldwell Banker agents or all the Douglas Elliman agents, if they all have their own corporate I, you know, branded iBuyer program, how the hell are those, uh, the Zillows and the Open Doors going to compete? They can't! Because they do not have the numbers of the boots on the ground. They do not have the drilled down, frontline deployed um, agents in the individual marketplaces with the relationships who are willing to actually go out there and work it. That's my point. If you do not have the skill set to actually know, and if you don't have a, frankly, if your broker isn't going to offer an iBuyer, if they're not offering it now, that is going to put you at a disadvantage, clearly. Now, not in every market, not in every price range, but I do think that that's a you know, that's a real potential threat if you're in a listing presentation and the seller's considering an iBuyer and your brokerage or you don't offer one, that does put you at a disadvantage. That's the reason that Keller Williams came out with one. That's the reason EXP is rumored, not verified, but probably pretty much verified, to be coming out with one mid-year. All the big brokerages are going to have to basically give the agents the tools to not just compete but dominate the iBuyer companies and beat them back into submission. And that's what will happen. Now, those of you, for example, who built your businesses predicated on buying leads, and buying leads is the overt buying leads from like Zillow, or buying leads is the maybe not less, it be a little bit more traditional source of buying leads, which is, you know, for example, getting your leads from referrals and like, for example, Dave Ramsey and where you're paying 35% plus a monthly fee and all these other things. All those things are fine, but the problem is, is again, you have no control of your deal flow. Your business is 100%. It's necessitated on it's what's the word? It's not necessitated. If you don't have those sources predicated. of business to feed you, predicated. Thank you, my dear. There you go. Good job. Mm -hmm. If you don't have those sources of business to feed you, you're screwed. So you don't have a business. That's the reason when I say there's you know basically agents that are going their future. The only phrase they're going to need to know is, do you want fries with that? I'm not meaning you're going to work at a fast food restaurant. I'm meaning that you're going to end up essentially just being a tool, a functionary of one of, the, of these technology companies because you've never learned how to get the business yourself. Julie, what do you think about my little diatribe before we finish up um, part three of sure. our open yeah. house master lead generation plan? <laughs> 
just depends on how proactive you want to be and how long you want to wait. <clears throat> Generally, waiting does not benefit anyone. So, you know, it's like the whole open house thing. That's why we did open house math to begin with, because if you know that this will work for you and you know that being proactive isn't going to cost you that much time or money and you still blow it off, well, don't come crying to us, right? So, yeah, I'm totally with you. Shall we yeah. roll into our final points here? Yes, let's finish them up today. But before we do, okay. remember, everyone, if you've not yet received your business plan yet, your fill-in-the-blank real estate business plan, it's called the Real Estate Treasure Map. We've made it super easy for you. All you have to do is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. And when you do so, not only are we going to send you a digital version of that book, but we're also going to send you six other books, your 12-monthly generation plan, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. You get all these books just by requesting a free coaching call. But when you text the word Harris to 31996, we're going to call you back. We're going to offer you a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. You're going to say yes. On the coaching call, you're going to have an experience where the coach and you are going to walk through your 12-monthly generation plan, and then they're also going to tell you about uh, becoming a member of Premier Coaching. If you like what you get on this podcast, which obviously tens of thousands of you do, it's the number one listen to daily podcast in the nation for real estate agents, so obviously a lot of you do, you will not believe what you get as part of Premier Coaching. So go ahead and text the word Harris to 31996, text the word Harris to 31996, and you will be receiving all of those free things for, with, you know, easily and painlessly. Julie? Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Did we talk about, because I had to, uh, <clears throat> had to bounce to Premier yesterday, did we talk Just about choosing the right house? No, we okay. didn't. Okay, so choosing the right house to hold open. Sometimes agents get frustrated because they have an open house or two or three, and just nobody shows up. So we talked about not being buried in the back of the neighborhood, not being behind a gate. We talked about using more directional signs. So typically, the best homes, best meaning where you get the most traffic, will be first-time buyer houses or first-time move-up houses that are in popular neighborhoods, popular schools, um, well-known neighborhoods, beautiful curb appeal. They're, you know, sometimes even if they're on a busy road, you'll get a lot of traffic. just depends on the neighborhood. But, again, avoid gated communities and complications to getting people in there in the first place. So, so let's choosing drill the down right house that. matters. Yes. Let's drill down on her point because that's such an imp incredibly important point. So remember what she just said, but remember that you have to then maybe in your own particular market – you're going to have to hold a house open that might not be your own listing, maybe not even your broker's listing. Ask a friendly agent if you can hold their house open. So if you're hunting, if you want first-time buyers, you want to hold a first-time home buyer house open. In every market, there's going to be a hotbed of home buyer, of first-time home buyer neighborhoods. Like where Julie and I sold real estate, there was a section in uh, Clintonville, Ohio, or Clintonville, um, you know, yeah, it was Ohio, where you could basically list the house, it's going to be something 1,500 square feet or less, and it's going to be attractive to a, a first-time buyer or maybe a downsizer. But at the end of the day, mostly first-time buyers. So what you need to be doing is you need to be knowing what you're fishing for. If you're wanting first-time buyers that don't have houses to sell, that's fine. Generally speaking, they're easy to work with, and they'll close quick. Then you want to hold an open house that's going to be attractive to them. 
if you want to work with somebody who probably has a house to sell, then you need to be holding a house open that's in the move up price range and so forth and move on up the marketplace. The farther you go up the marketplace, the farther you go up in price of holding houses open, the less likely you are to convert people out of it because most of those seller or most of those people walking the open house are going to have relationships with other agents from the previous transactions that they've done. So your highest your highest return on investment is going to be the open house and the move-up buyer. Because the move-up buyer, even though they have used an agent in the past, chances are that agent's not in the business anymore or did not do a good job staying on top of them, which makes it so that you then can get pick that uh, seller off and help them buy something. Now, the other thing Julie said, holding condos open, unless you're in an area where, like in you know, parts of San Diego and L.A., where that's all you got, well, then that's what you got to do then. But for the most part, you want to hold a single-family house open that's not buried back in the neighborhood. No, do not hold a single-family house open that's on a busy street. Really search for the perfect single-family house that's ideal, that's going to be not too far buried back in the street, ideally not behind gates. You want to make it so that it's very easy for people to get to the house. That's the key. And uh, I cannot emphasize that enough. So do not, you know, assume that just because you held an, a con, if you hold a condo open that's behind two sets of gates and you wonder why you didn't get anyone, well, I just told you. It, you wasted your time because it was too difficult for people to get there. might be a great place to live, don't get me wrong, you know, for a buyer to live there, but not a great place for you to hold open because you will not get enough uh, easy traffic because it will be too much hassle for people. Common sense here, guys. Are you listening? Julie, next point. Yes. Shall we talk about the magical shoe covers that we yes. have to do in open houses? Actually, not just in open houses, but in all of your listings. Okay. So shoe covers. You guys have hopefully seen them. Maybe our newer agents that haven't seen very many houses yet haven't yet. But typically builders use this, and really great listing agents do this. Shoe covers, these are like medical shoe covers. You know, they have the little elastic. You can get them in different colors. You can buy them on, them on Amazon. Amazon. You can buy them. It's not enough to just have shoe covers. You have to have a sign that says, please remove your shoes or use these shoe covers to take care of the floors, which may someday be yours. Put them in a cute little basket in the front door. Now, what does this do? This shows that the homeowner takes care of their house. This is going to be a really great house to walk through. Don't muck it up, okay, with your shoes especially in yucky markets, rainy markets, sandy markets, really anywhere, it's the professional thing to do. So it gives a great impression, but it also shows, it, it kind of pre-programs the buyers that, hey, this is a great house, this is maybe better than everything else we looked at, may help you actually get it sold, kind of a subliminal thing. But also, imagine it's a new listing, first open house, and all the neighbors come in, and you make them put shoe covers on to take care of this great listing of yours. Don't you think that in the back of their minds when they get ready to list, they're going to know how professional you were and the impression that you made? Of course it makes a great impression. So put Very on the shoe covers to protect. thing to do. Yeah. The rhyme is protect, put on the shoe covers to protect the floors that might someday be yours. Julie kind of fumbled it. But put on the shoe covers yep. to protect the floors that might someday be yours. And by the way, Julie's father thought that up because he worked for us when we sold real estate. And <laughs> I thought that was a great idea. And then you put the shoe, you put the shoe covers in a little basket. And there's pictures of this on Premier Coaching website, by the way. By the way, and, and this is another little cool, uh, interesting listing tool that when you're talking to sellers, you t uh, tell them, you show them the picture of the basket, and there's a little sign that says, you know, please put on these shoe covers to protect the floors that might someday be yours. And you leave it by the front door. And again, it's a, actually a shockingly powerful listing tool. Next point, Julie. 
I know, such, sometimes the simplest things are like that. So point number three, door knock one hour before the open house using your open house brochure. I hate the word flyer. Make it nicer. Make it a brochure, yeah. which invites neighbors and friends for a, quote, sneak preview one hour to, before your public open house. Use nice paper or postcard stock to do this. So, again, you're going to canvas the neighborhood. You're going to simply door knock them. Hey, I'm having an open house, one of your neighbor's houses, two streets away. Wanted to take a second to let you know about the home and find out who do you know who you'd like to turn into your next neighbor. Who should I be calling about this house? And why don't you come over and visit us? Got some water and some cookies there. Here's our brochure. Okay. So yes, of course you're going to get business from that. What are you secretly doing? Do I think that they're going to sell the house for you? Maybe, but probably not. What you're doing is you're showing that you are a proactive listing agent who specializes in that neighborhood and isn't just counting on the MLS selling that house for you. So do door knock one hour before the open house. You know, I had a, uh, one of our elite coaching clients tell me they were doing the uh, coming soon sign before the open house sign. She was out pounding the coming soon sign into her listings yard. The across the street neighbor comes out, says, oh, is this a new listing? She says, yes, let me tell you about it. He goes, great, I'm getting ready to sell my house next. Why don't you come over and talk to me about it? Just like that. <laughs> Simple things, right? So yes, door knock, get the neighbor's business. Then we have point number four, place inexpensive ads or free ads and things like Craigslist, Facebook page, all of your social media to get maximum exposure and get people to actually show up. That's easy enough. Point number five, synchronize with other listing agents in the same area for a larger turnout. This is going to benefit everyone. Not everyone's going to be down with your house. Maybe you're the only three bedroom in a four bedroom neighborhood and you're constantly hearing that. So the more people you get to show up to the neighborhood, open houses, of course, everyone's going to benefit. So synchronize with those listing agents. Um, number six, easy, announce it in your MLS, Realtor.com. Invite agents who have shown your properties in the past. Now, this is after you've done your sneak preview open houses and things like that if you haven't already sold it yourself. Point number seven, one of my favorite ones, create a video. Now, those of you who have BombBomb.com, B-O-M-B-B-O-M-B.com, it's a great video service. Uh, we like them because they have really good analytics. They've got a library of ideas of how to create your own videos. They're super easy to use. But if you want to be cheap, you can use your own smartphone. You can do other ways of getting your video done. But do your video tour of the home, the yard, the street. If there's a park or a neighborhood swimming pool, do a little video. Send that email video invitation to your database two days prior to the open house. You can post it on all of your social media as well. Anything you want to add to that, Tim, so I can pause and mute and cough for a second? Well, those of you guys who have Instagram, obviously you can do Instagram videos. Those of you guys who want to be inundated in the social, it's a good idea, you know, social networking. But the other thing is, is this is a nice, easy, passive way to uh, remind your centers of influence that you're in the business, right? So if you start doing these open houses, um, we have some agents. This is one of their primary lead generation spokes because they follow this plan. And I told you last um, uh, podcast how we used to do a parade of homes. You can do the same thing. You could just do a parade of homes with two different houses. So you, for example, in a neighborhood, some neighborhoods, most neighborhoods are designed so that you have um, like a move-up price range and then maybe back through in the neighborhood you have a higher-end house where that, you know, people are designed, you know, the idea is that people would progress staying in the same community. Once they outgrow one house, they'll go to the next one kind of situation. Well, you could hold in the morning, you know, you don't have to start at 1 o'clock. You could start your open 
house at 11 a.m. You don't have to do your open house on Sunday when everyone else is doing their open house. You can do your open – no, it does make sense because people have the expectation that it's going to be on a particular day. And so you'll have people from outside of the community that are driving through. But Julie's idea about neighbors only, maybe you do that, she said, before the open house, but maybe you do that the previous day. And then what you do is you put out a bunch of open house signs in the community on Saturday, even though most opens are on Sunday, because your goal is to attract the neighbors. Your job is always to be thinking about listings. So that's primarily, primarily where your focus is. When you're working, and you've got to follow, look, guys, follow our script when you're doing open houses. Learn to ask the questions that are going to lead to future activity. Don't just be one of these agents that passively just hopes that somehow magically you guys both have golden retrievers and you're going to be able to have this conversation that's magically going to need, lead to a long-time, lifetime relationship. They don't put value on agents that act like that anymore. They put value on agents that, as we're trying to impress upon you, that are clearly trying to set themselves apart, that are clearly trying to show their value. Remember, most sellers have no clue what an agent does once the listing contract is signed. They don't know. So the more you show them what you do, the more they're going to respect you. And that's how you build. Like some of you guys wonder, you ask yourselves, I want to build a brand. I have to have some big fancy brand and logo and website, and then the success will come. No, that's not the way it works in anything in life, by the way. The way it works is you do what we're asking you to do now. For example, just with this one little tiny idea, which is just like 1% of what Premier Coaching is. Just do this one little tiny idea, and your brand comes from people having seen what you did. Julie, you did that kick-ass open house in our community you know, last year, so of course we're going to list with you. We want you to do the same thing for us. That's where you build your brand. You don't buy your way into respectability. You, don't, you aren't entitled to have respect in the industry just because you have your license. You have to earn it. And the way you earn it and the way you build your brand as someone who you know, earns the right to, earn, uh, to have people's business is by doing the extra effort. That's where it comes in. So if you're finding yourself in, at all conflicted with the ideas that we're sharing with you, you need to move past that as fast as possible because what's going to happen is if you do not uh, adopt a proactive, albeit aggressive approach to your business, you will not be in business. It's more competitive now, not just with other agents, not just with all these discount brokers, but also with the technologists. So if you cannot impress upon the sellers that you provide a higher level of service and value, that you're going to go beyond their expectations to get the most money for their house, they will not list with you because you have not earned the right to list their house. And those of you who think you're going to get the business just because you know them, because you sat next to them in church, because they're your friend, because they're your mama. Okay? If you think they're going to list with you just because you have a personal relationship, I promise you the second they get a flyer in the mail from some you know, purple bricks or you know, help you sell or whoever what, you are now competing against a discounter, and chances are you do not know how to do that. People will be more loyal to their wallets than they will to you. Do not be. You are more loyal to your wallet than you are to the person you sit next to church in, in church synagogue or mosque, aren't you? Of course you are. Your best friend at church could be a roofer. You need a roof on one of your rental properties, your own house. He comes out and tells you thirty grand. Another guy comes out who you only met, but you know, let's say it's perfectly credible, and tells you he'll do it for twenty grand or fifteen grand. Are you just going to spend twice the money because your buddy is your buddy? Hell no, you won't do it. You're going to do it with the other guy, right? And unless you have the skill set to earn the business back, you will not be able to be competitive. Like in that scenario I just gave you, 
you are now competing against a discounter. They're saying they're basically not even going to give you a shot at it because they know you have a, you know, you're old school and you only have one commission. Well, you need to learn how to basically have what we call a flexible fee commission. You don't know what I'm talking about if you're not a Premier Coaching member. We're not proponents of discounting commission, so don't mix up what I'm saying, but you need to offer a flexible fee commission. That's part of what you learn in Premier Coaching. If you want to learn more about Premier Coaching, text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. Julie? Yes, yeah, so since we're talking about open houses, I don't know if you – I know that you do remember this. Uh, when we were breaking into New Albany Country Club and we were coming out of Clintonville going up market, yes, we held an open house of a really big house. I think it was on Ely Court, and it was vacant, and it was sleeting outside, like the worst weather ever. It was one of those, like, 38-degree days. It was gray. It was sleeting. It was disgusting. Um, you know, and the amazing thing was – we had a killer turnout. It was like a parade of homes there. And I remember we had so many people coming and going. And at the end of the day, we were a little bit crestfallen because we didn't have any slam duck appointments from it. And we were kind of used to that from Clintonville. This was one of our first New Albany Opens. And we thought, gosh, I wonder if that's going to turn into anything. And either that day or about a day later, we got a call from someone who ended up being an excellent client from ours. If you remember, you can continue the story where he said, uh, he, I think you asked him, you know, don't you have any other something about other agents? And he said, well, you know, all the agents around here, I see you guys being proactive. You're the first agents who I've seen that have made an effort in New Albany. All the other agents that I run across are just on the golf course all the time something to that degree. You probably remember it better because it was your conversation. And he ends up being one of our very best clients, lots of listings from him. I remember doing a search for his property when we were doing a CMA for the first one we listed with him. It wasn't just one house. It was page after page after page of houses that he owned. So there's somebody who noticed, one of the neighbors, who noticed us being proactive. And but, we had, now, and it, but that's, but that's a really good point. But that's a good point that Julie's making. It's a subtle point, and I wonder if you're paying attention. Julie and I had gone. We, Julie and I did not grow. She, her parents were school teachers. My parents were bordering, the, you know, between being poor and lower middle class. Okay. So the reality of it is, is we were not born with silver spoons. We were not. We did not go to boarding schools, private schools, or elite colleges. None of those things. When we went out, when we decided to attack the New Albany market. We were absolutely out of our element. I mean, uh, National Association of Realtors did a story on us, basically, for what we were able to accomplish in that uh, market. And the, the reason I'm telling you all this is because ultimately when we went out there, when we started applying the same things that we had done to sell normal you know, $250,000 houses, when we started working at the same level, doing the same things, the sellers who also – had been, or you know, we were on our way to being self-made, really. But the sellers out there, who also had grown up with you know normal upbringings and no real, you know, they weren't acting like they hit a home or even you know, though they were born on third. And that's how most of our competitor agents did uh, were acting. Most of the agents out there were the children of very wealthy people, and they acted exactly like I just said. They acted like they hit a home or even though they were born on third. We didn't. We didn't take the business for granted. We worked our asses off, and we heard that continuously when we were. In New Albany, and they loved us for that. They loved the fact that Julie and I were scrappers. They loved the fact that we weren't taking their business for granted. We lo they loved the fact that we were doing all these extraordinary things. 
that was and they started listing with us they started the expireds would call us we'd start getting you know there were never frisbos in this area but we just got all these different opportunities and what julie said is true we'd list one and then there would be a whole flood of others that would come after that because of the fact that we were and the other agents there oh they hated us they did because we were raising the bar we were setting the expectation at a level that they they could do it but they didn't want to do it these are the types of agents that would take the entire month of august off and go to Paris when Joy and I were back in New Albany, Ohio, schlepping real estate, you know, but you could do the same thing. So if you're stuck in a paradigm where you're selling inexpensive stuff and you don't like it and clear across town is this, you know, you know, incredible, amazing stuff that you just can't believe that's, you know, even in the same community as yours, that was the experience we had. We decided what the hell, let's just see if we kicked ass in one market. Why can't we do it in another? And we did. And it worked, and you can do the same thing. And here's the thing that's really, I think, all of you need to understand, is we did the same damn thing. To sell an $80,000 house, remember we were in real estate in the 90s, to sell an $80,000 house was the same thing you had to do to sell a $2 million house. It was the same flyer. It was the same open house system. It was the same listing presentation, the same pre-listing pack, the same please put on these shoe covers to protect the floors that might someday be yours. All that was the same. The same. You guys get what I'm saying here? And I'll tell you something else that's really shocking. This is not directly related to the open house thing. Some of the worst agents in the country are the upper end agents. God bless all of you who are upper upper end agents that are listening. But what I'm telling you is true. Because their average commission is so high, they don't have to sell very many houses. And because most of them get their businesses from their centers of influence and past clients, where these agents become incredibly easy to compete with and dominate is when the market changes. Because when the market changes, because they don't have the skill set to price the house correctly, let alone get the price down, and because this is probably a friend or a social connection who they have this house listed with, they don't want to go to that a person and tell them that the house is overpriced. The expires that take place in the upper end markets create a tremendous opportunity for anybody that's even slightly ambitious that's the market opportunity that we seized you can do the same thing and know that even though someone might be driving around their bentley with their handmade suits and talking about how they just got back from wherever on their private jet do not be intimidated by them do not be intimidated by the fact that they've been successful in the past nobody is guaranteed future success Nothing in life doesn't degrade. Every single thing in life degrades. If you stop saving, if you stop earning money, if you stop improving your skill set, if you stop working on your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, your relationships, they all degrade. They go away. And so what happens in a lot of cases is these upper-end agents, they don't know how to compete. They got to the point where they feel like they're successful, and then if you're a scrapper like we were, and you roll into a market like this, and you know how to get prices down, you know how to conversation, how to conversations with sellers, you have your scripts, you're aggressive, those sellers are instantly going to love you because they know you're going to try harder, whereas this other agent's going to roll in probably 20 minutes late. You know, probably wearing a golf you know, shirt that stinks because they just got off the golf course. Don't you think that pisses the sellers off? It's disrespectful. So this is the type of thing that we teach you in Premier Coaching. How many of you guys are going to waffle through the rest of this year hoping and praying that somehow the success bird drops a golden nugget on your lap? It's not going to happen. You need to take action on this. The easiest way for you to do it is text the word Harris, H-A-R-R-I-S, to 31996. We're going to give you all those free books, and you're going to be entitled to a free coaching call with one of our new member coaches. Julie has already bounced off to Premier. If you guys need us for anything at any time, Feel free to email me directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com, 
or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Email us directly if you guys need help. If you want to uh, discuss changing brokers, if you want to have any direct questions answered, just email us, and we will help you the best we can. You guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.